Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for this relationship, this vibrant, fresh, hot, death-defeating, health-producing, freedom-invoking relationship with you. You have taken us out of darkness and you've brought us into the light of the sun, uh, the Son of God, your glorious uh, only begotten, firstborn from among the dead, Jesus Christ, your Son. You've brought us into the marvelous light of his kingdom. You've, you've taken us out from under the power of Satan, and you've brought us into the kingdom of life and liberty, of joy and peace, of beauty and strength, of rich provision and wealth. And Father, we thank you for who you are, strong in us. We're wholly filled and flooded with your very spirit. The Godhead, you yourself are living in us. We're completely filled with God. We're strong in you and in your mighty power. We are champions for you. We are vessels of your glory. Everywhere we go, the fragrance of Christ emanates from us. We're free from shame and condemnation. We're full of joy and peace. Hallelujah, you've become Come wisdom unto us. We know what to do, where to do it, when to do it, how to do it. You've given us the wisdom that we need. You are causing us to be at the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right things. We take our eyes off of the ways of man and the wisdom of man. We put our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. You are our shepherd. You are the shepherd of our lives, and you are leading us into green, flourishing places of plenty. You're causing us to lie down, to live a restful life, an unforced life. Hallelujah, next to the the refreshing waters of your presence. Thank you, Lord God, that even though we're living in this world, we're unafraid because you're a shield all about us. And that you protect us. You go before us and you surround us. You're our high tower and our bulwark and our shield. Hallelujah. You have prepared an endless table before us. In the presence of our enemies. It's a table of health and life. It's a table of wealth and provision. It's a table of wisdom and strength. It's a table of anointing and calling. And we're at your table right now, and no one is going to take us from what you have provided us for us. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not lack. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. Makes us strong. Makes us joyful. Gives us peace that nothing can shake. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I'm living in this world, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort and protect me. You have prepared a table for this highway family in the presence of our enemies. We dwell in your house every day. You are the house we live in. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our eyes wide this morning to see the reality of your love for us and all that you've done for us through your Son and all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've removed your religious goggles before you came in. If you didn't, go ahead and take those off. And those religious earbuds, take those out. We want you to know the real Jesus. We're not interested in trying to get you to conform to a system of sacraments that we say you have to go through. This is what we say, believe on the Lord Jesus. 
Just believe Him. That's the only sacrament we have here. Believe Him. Believe Him. This might hit your ears funny, but it's okay. As I'm telling you, if there's ever been a day to let the Holy Spirit transform you, it's today. Religion cannot transform you. It cannot. It can, it can puff up your ego. It can make you think you're better than someone else and that you're right and they're wrong, but it can't transform you and it can't transform anyone else. You know, Jesus spoke to some of the experts of religion. And he said, you travel so far to, turn, to make proselytes, and when you make these converts into your way of thinking, they become twice as much a son of hell as you. There's a lot of sons of hell sitting in churches. There's a lot of sons of hell in pulpits, unfortunately. They're, they're, they're putting people in bondage to their religious doctrine instead of telling them to simply believe in Jesus. I'm telling you, I've got a fire in me that's, that's going to change things. I can't, I, I'm not going to quench it. I'm not going to stifle it. I'm going to let it out. I'm telling you, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just believe on the Lord Jesus. I'm not trying to upset anybody. I love every human being. I love every person in church and every person not in church, every person who's a minister and every person who's not a minister. But I'm telling you, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this simple. Believe him. Just believe him. Just believe him, and all things become new. Hallelujah. We started a message last Sunday via video. It was fun being with you by video, and it was called After God's Own Heart. And we're going to continue with that message. After God's Own Heart, I believe there are some things the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen us in so that we go forward today and tomorrow very strong unafraid, knowing God has put us in this earth at this time to display and broadcast his goodness everywhere we go. He's so good. You don't have one thing to be worried about. You don't. You might think you do, but you can change that. If there's anything that's inviting you to be anxious, and whether it's teeny tiny or supersized, can we do this so you can hear, hear what God has to say? Can you toss that on God right now? Can you just cast every care on Him? Every, just throw it on Him. He can handle it. Oh boy, He can handle it. Everything you're concerned about, just throw it on Him right now. Say, here you go, Jesus. He invites us to do that. That's what real humility does. It stops trying to fix our own problems with our own wisdom and cast them on God and trust Him to do it. Right? Hallelujah. We're, we're living by His strength. We're living with His with. He is our problem solver. Hallelujah. And He is fresh and alive. He's risen from the dead and He's living in you if you've believed on Him. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're so good. Woo, the engine's running. Jesus. Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how important you are to the Father? Why? Because you're His child. In this world, as far as people are concerned, my wife is the most important person to me. And then my children. And then maybe my puppy. Oh. <laughs> no, seriously. She's not a person. P puppies are not people. You know that, don't you? No matter how many bumper stickers say that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's much easier raising a child than it is raising a puppy. They are a different species. I'll tell you right now. I'm telling you right now, they're not people. <laughs> Listen, your, your, your spouse is the most important person in the world to you and your children. You're God's child. No one's more important to him than you. No one's for you more than he is. And you've got to choose to meditate on that. You know, if you just thought of that, you'd do great in life. If you just cultivated this habit of, of meditating on his love for you, how much he loves you, how much he did for you through the giving of his son, 
how for you he is, that he bore your sicknesses, he carried your diseases, he took your poverty, he took the curse of sin upon himself and all the junk that goes with it, and you're free. You're his very own. You're a co-heir with Christ. You're seated at his right hand. You're a new creation, and you're never going back. We're never turning back. We're going forward. We're moving forward in all that he's called us to do. Hallelujah. After God's own heart, let's go to Acts 13, 22. Boy, I want to encourage you to cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is your best friend. He, he will show you things that no one else can show you. Jesus said when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. He'll not speak in his own, he'll only speak what he hears, and he will show you things to come. And I, I meet so many people who are living by their own reasoning. They're trying to figure life out. Where should I go? Where should I, what job should I have? Where should I live? Who should I talk to? Mm -mm. Holy Spirit is your best friend. Cultivate intimacy with him. How do you do that? Keep your mind on. Talk to him. Just pull aside a chair during the day and give 10 minutes to you and him. Sit at the table, pull your chair out, get your hard copy Bible and start. Say, Holy Spirit, show yourself to me. Reveal Christ to me. Show me your plan for my life. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. And then when you're going through your day, pray in the Spirit. Softly, under your breath. You got to run to Home Depot to get some, some products. That's just pray in the Spirit while you're driving there. Right? Go into the lumber section, get the two by fours you need, but be praying in the Spirit. Uh, softly, under your breath. No one will know you're doing it. Just be praying in the Spirit. Get your lumber. Get your supplies. Come to the checkout. Hi, how are you? It's good to see you. It's a wonderful day. Okay, thank you. No one knows, but I've got heaven celebrating inside of me. I've got this heavenly party going on inside of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's my party, and I'll praise him if I want to. I'll praise if I want to. Praise if I want to. You would praise too if you knew what I do. <laughs> yeah. We want you more than ever to know the heart of God for you and for people and what he desires to do in the earth today through you through his people, his church. Acts 13, 22. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to have to pardon me. I'm just having a party up here. You can get in on it if you want. Acts 13, 22. God raised up for them David as king, to whom also... He gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. You know what I'm laughing about? I'm laughing at the devil right now. He has just been trying to discourage me, saying all the things that God's shown me aren't going to happen. And I'm just laughing. <laughs> God has spoken. When God speaks to you, it's, it, it's fresh. It's, it's not like the flowers of the field that fade away. His word stands forever, and he is faithful to accomplish it. Hallelujah. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Hallelujah. So in part one, last week, we looked at the heart of God. If we're after God's heart, that means we're focused on his heart, right? And when we focus on the heart of God, we see that you're there, that you're in the center of his heart, that you are the focus of his passion and love. 
We looked at Jeremiah 29, 11, and 3 John 2, and John 16, 23 and 24, and Psalm 37, 4. I watched last week's message, listened to it via podcast. I encourage you to listen to the podcast and uh, really build yourself up in the Word. So we see that you're in the center of God's heart, but not only you, the people around you. I know it seems the way that God treats us like we're, you're the only one on the planet, uh, but He loves the people around you just as much. He loves everyone with all of His heart. They may not receive his love, but he loves them anyway. He loves every person with all of his heart, and that will never change. So we see that all the people around you are in his heart. We looked at John 3, 16 and 17. Well, today we're going to look at the church, okay? Now, you gotta, you got to use your dereligification spray that we give you when you come in the door when you hear that word church, let's spray that word church. I say that because of tradition, most people don't understand what the word means. Who the church really is. It's not a what, it's a who. Right? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. So God's plan to reach the world bring it home to reach the people around you is through you. It's through the people that know him, the people that know how good he is. The people uh, that know him are the church. The church is God's family. The church is God's children. So it's really not so much about what church you go to, but who you know who you trust in, who you believe and put your faith in. There are people in all kinds of denominations that are part of God's family, born again. Now what's coming from the pulpit may be a lot of religious tradition mixed in with it, but there's some gospel there, there's some good news there, and they believed on the Lord Jesus for their salvation that they're going to heaven, that's, that's good. They're missing out on a whole lot more, but that's all right. They're part of the church. Right? It's, it's about heaven in you now, not going there someday. So you're, you're, we become sons and daughters of God. The, oh, hallelujah. First John 3, 1 says, How... Uh, how great is the love he's lavished on us that we should be called children of God, the Most High. And that is what we are. So the church is God's family. The church is God's body. We're going to read Acts 13, 22 in a moment here. The church is God's body. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're living vessels that carry his presence everywhere we go. Right? And God wants you to go where you go with confidence and joy, free from condemnation, right? The church is God's priority. His children are His priority. So we're talking about the church, we're talking about those who know Him, those who've been born again through faith in Christ. They become God's body. They are God's priority. God wants to see not only the people in his family, his church, flourish, but he wants to see his family grow like fire. Expand exponentially. God wants a whole lot of children in his family. He wants every person on the planet to become his child. Hallelujah. 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 The church are the people or is the people that are after God's own heart. They're the people that have forsaken what the world says is important and have chosen what God says is important. They're the people who now value what He values. They're the people that have changed their priorities to become his priorities. Yes. 
This is who the church is. We live differently. Our value system is different. Totally different. We believe every human being was created by God in His image. And we value every human being just like He does. Right? So we're a people that are fully committed to doing what He wants to do. Aha, that's exactly right. Yeah, we're all the way people, right? We're fully committed to accomplishing what He wants to accomplish. Now let's read Acts 13, 22 again. But this time, let's read it in the Passion Translation. God raised up David to be king. David didn't raise himself up. God did this in his life. Let God do it in your life. Don't try and do it yourself. For God said of him, I have found in David, which means he was looking. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is completely his. He was looking. He found David, the son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart. That's who we are, Highway. And will accomplish all that I have destined him to do. This will change the way you live. There are so many things vying for your pursuit and for your attention. But we are people that are interested in one thing only, what pleases the Father. Are you with me? We're interested in one thing only. If you don't know this about me, you're not going to understand me. I want one thing only, to please the Father. That might not look socially acceptable a lot of times. It might not uh, meet certain religious protocols, but I don't care. I want to please the Father. You know, Jesus was not socially acceptable. He was not politically correct, nor was he religiously correct. And you know what? He didn't care because he had to please his Father. This is the church where people who are pursuing, always pursuing the heart of God. It is our focus in life. It, is, it, it consumes our attention span. It's what we give our time, talents, energy, and resources to. The heart of God. And we are committed to accomplish all that he's destined us to do. The message translation says, God removed him from office. Talking about Saul, who became a very ungodly man. Began consulting uh, spirits of darkness instead of the Holy Spirit. And put King David in his place with his commendation, with this commendation. I've searched the land. This is God talking. I've searched the land. And I found this David, son of Jesse. He's a man whose heart beats to my heart. A man who will do what I tell him. Highway, we are a people whose heart beats. To God's heart. We are people who will do what he tells us. Even if it's not acceptable in the culture we live in. That's not important to us. What's important to us? Our heart beating with God's heart. When you can feel the heartbeat of another, you're close. Your hearts are touching. That's intimacy. The Amplified Translation says, He raised up David to be their king. Of him he bore witness and said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. 
all the way and carry out my program fully. I am praying that we would see ourselves like God sees us. That we would see this public gathering, this corporate worship service as God sees it. That we'd see the church as God sees it. Did you know that the Father has a program? What's his program? Well, he's revealed it through Christ. It's to fill the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. To fill the earth with the good news of his amazing love and all that he did for us through his son. To fill the earth with his love so that people everywhere can hear it, believe it, and be saved. That's the Father's program. To fill the earth with the good news of his love so that people everywhere on every continent can hear about his love for them, can hear about what he did for them through his son, can believe it and be saved. Mark 16, verse 15, this is how Jesus said it. Jesus told them in the New Living Translation, it's this simple, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. No one is excluded from this. There are no exceptions. God loves everybody. No matter what they might be currently doing or how bad they may have been, He loves everybody. And He wants everyone to hear. The Amplified says this, and He said to them, this is Jesus talking, go into all the world and preach and publish Openly. Publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. The Father has a program. It's to preach, to proclaim, to produce and publish openly the good news of His Son so that the entire world can hear it, believe it, and be saved. And we are the vessels for that program. All of us are called to be involved. You know, if you've ever been to a show... When we first got to New England years ago, uh, Jennifer and I used to, for the first so many years, used to like to drive down to uh, Times Square on Saturday morning. We'd leave about 7 o'clock, and we'd go down and we'd get matinee tickets for a Broadway show on a Saturday, catch a 2 o'clock show, grab some dinner, and we'd drive back in a day trip. It was a lot of fun. But when you go to a show, they give you a program. And the program has the, the title of the show on it. And the program has the details of the performers and all of the events that are going to take place in that performance that you're about to see. And I want you to know that God has given you His Word, His written Word. And in the Holy Bible, get your hard copy Bible, in the Holy Bible, you're going to see yourself in there. Now you're not going to see your name, Joseph Bosco. You're going to see your, your identity in there. You're going to see your new nature in there. You're going to see your divine purpose in there. You're going to see who you were called to be in here because the Holy Spirit, as you're reading this and you open your heart to Him, He will reveal Christ to you and He will reveal to you your new self in Christ. This is the program. In fact, Psalm 139 verse 16 says this, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We're going to take our time here. I you know, I'm just so full when I come in here of, of all that the Lord's been showing me, but sometimes it feels easy to slow down. Let's look at this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, for one of them came to be the Father's program. Did you know that the Father's program is not automatic? It's one of the, the, the greatest crippling ideas that's taught out there, is that everything that happens is God's will. It's not true at all. 
God's will does not happen automatically in the earth. There is great opposition to the will of God in the earth. Great opposition. Fierce opposition. It's nothing compared to the power of God. But I want you to know there is great opposition in the earth to what God wants to happen. We see that very clearly in the ministry of Jesus. Right? So you've got to know that even though God wrote this beautiful plan out for your life, it's not automatic. That doesn't mean that everything that happened to you was a part of his plan. All of us have experienced things in our lives that were not God's will for our lives. All of us. Because we're living in a battle zone, a war zone that is opposing the will of God that is trying to keep us from experiencing the will of God. If you don't understand this, you're going to be very disillusioned and frustrated. You've got to know the environment you're in. It's an it's a, a adversarial environment. It's, a, it's an environment that says no to God, that says no to His will for your life. But that doesn't matter. I'm not saying that to make you afraid, to make you aware, because your yes to God is all that He needs. Hallelujah. We're born of His incorruptible seed. But we're in a contrary environment. So this beautiful plan that He has for you will not happen if you don't choose to let your heart beat with His heart. There's nothing casual about this relationship we have with and I use that word casual, maybe there's a better word, uh, uh, shallow, cheap, surfacy, fake. This, this relationship he's brought us into encompasses our whole being. The hairs on our head, the lungs in our chest, the, the toes on our feet. The soul inside of us. This plan that he has for you is beyond what you could ever ask for or imagine. But it's not automatic. He strongly desires to see it happen in our lives. But we have to choose to let him do it. And how do we choose that? By pursuing him. I'm not talking about trying to earn anything and getting into a works mentality. I'm talking about your passion and your desire. Your passion and desire will go wherever you direct it. You're the only one that can direct your passion. No one else can do that. We're different. Human beings are different. We don't live by instinct. We live by this free will we've been given. And you have the freedom and the will to direct your passion. And I want to exhort you to direct your passion toward the heart of the Father. You will live a life without regret. I remember growing up and hearing about the, you know, the, the, the adults around me talking about all the regrets they had. And I thought, I don't want to live a life like that. I don't want to get to a certain age and, and have regrets that I didn't do this or I should have done that. And I realized that the way to live a life without regret is to pursue God's heart. To, to channel my whole self towards His desires. To choose Him in my daily life. To, to earnestly desire to know what pleases him. To passionately pursue his thoughts and desires. We call this gathering, this, this group of believers, we call it Highway Church. And we say on our homepage, a highway is a structure that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. And I want you to hear this. By pursuing the heart of God, by simply believing what He said, 
He will transform your life to the way things currently are to the way he intended them to be. That's transformation. Because the way things currently are are subject to change. And you will find that people often focus on what they can see, taste, touch, hear, and smell. The way things are. But God's not really about the way things are. He's about the way He designed them to be. And there's a big difference quite often. So if you get caught up in your senses and in the way things are, you're going to miss the way He intended them to be. Jesus is the highway that lifts you up out of the way things are and plants you in the way things should be. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In my life today as it is in heaven. In my life now as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. So you see, it's very important that we're conscious there's a difference between the way things may currently be and God's will for your life. Sometimes there's a huge difference, a stark contrast. And you have a decision. Do I go with the way things seem to be? Or do I believe God and allow the Holy Spirit to transform my life and lift me out of the way things seem to be into the way God planned them to be? Woo! Are you hearing what I'm saying? And because many don't know the fullness of the gospel, they give in to the way things seem to be. And they end up accepting it over time. And they operate from that foundation. But I found when I opened my hard copy Bible, there was a whole new quality of life available to me that this world could not give me. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Jesus. It's in your Bible. Find it. Hallelujah. I forgot to ask you if you're awake. Are you awake? I I hope you didn't miss all that. The church is the cast of the Father's program. We're the performers in His show. We're the cast. And you know, if you're a casting director, you're looking for different types of people for different roles and different, uh, because everyone's got different gifts. And everyone is unique. Isn't that amazing? And boy, I mean, I've met a few people in my life, and every one of them's been different. Every one of them has been unique. I don't know everybody in the world, but I do know a few people. But I, I have a feeling that if I met everyone in the world, they'd all be unique. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just a hunch I've got, I guess, right? But you are unique. In fact, you're so unique, you're the only you there's ever been. So the Holy Spirit is the casting director, and he wants you to find your place in the body of Christ. Until you find your place in the body, there's, there's a, a major part of you that's going to be unknown because you're a part of the body of Christ. You see, this is what caught the Father's eye in David. David chose to make God's program his own program. Hallelujah. Isn't that what Jesus did as a young boy even? We see in Luke chapter 2. That, he, that, that his own parents didn't know where he was, but where was he? He was in the temple, remember? Verse 49, and he's listening to the ministers. He's hearing the word of God. This is Jesus at the age of 12. And why was he doing that? Well, he told us. We don't have to speculate. He told his mom and his dad that I must be about my father's business. And because he made that decision, he discovered who he was destined to be. And I've talked to so many people in my lifetime that are trying to figure out what their calling is. And one of the key reasons they haven't figured it out yet is they haven't given their whole self to him yet. 
You see, God wants your whole person to be interacting with him. He's not interested in just a, a hand or, or your right side or your left side. He wants all that you are in full interaction with him daily. He's about your spirit, your soul, and your body as he created them. And he wants all of you to be, to be interacting with all of him every day. Hallelujah. In fact, the word program, when we, we look at this word program, I found it interesting. You know, it means, I like etymology. I like taking a word and learning its history. But this word program literally means to write publicly, to set before the public, to publish, and to broadcast. God's program. To publish publicly how good he is. This is what we endeavor to do every week at Highway. We have our worship services. We live stream our worship services. And that, that's a, a, a way of going around the world, which I think is great. That with this camera, we go around the world every week. We have, and I've shared with you our, what, what God has put in our hearts to expand, and a huge part of that is our online presence. Of course we want to expand in person. That's a given, absolutely. But we want to publish, and I, I think to not use technology and not use the internet would be silly. Because you can reach people that you'll never meet in places you'll never go. In moments, why would we not do that? I haven't figured out a reason yet, so we're going to do it. <laughs> but years ago, we got this little camera here. It's called a Mevo. I think it was the first of its kind. It was built for live streaming. And it was really cool when it came out. Um, but it's just not cutting it now. <laughs> so we, we are getting ready to... I've been doing research in the last so many weeks or months about what we need to do to upgrade, to publish the gospel. And I know I've, I've been involved in a lot of things. And the last church I were in, we did a, 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 a weekly broadcast on a CBS affiliate in Providence. And I remember this was back many years ago when, when getting one camera could be anywhere from fifteen dollars to $45,000. And that's the big cameras that they would use, you know. And that, that was back in the day before all the changes came. Now you can get a camera that holds in your hand for much less than that, right? Um, but I remember all, and I know just from the life that I've lived, what it takes to publish and produce. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. And uh, so as the Lord began speaking these things to me, there's a part of me that kind of said, mm, I don't know if I want to get into all that. That's just the flesh. But as I worshiped him, I'm like, here I am, Father. Let's publish. Let's produce. Let's do what you want to do. So this is what we're doing currently, but we're expanding that. And what we want to do, uh, get out my calendar here. This is the last Sunday in September. So I think on a, it's October 24th. We want to have a special offering for our media campaign. That's the fourth Sunday in October. We want to have a special offering for our media campaign. A special offering is an offering above our normal tithes and offerings for a specific purpose. Uh, we want to, currently what we're doing, we live stream these services through our Facebook channel and our YouTube channel, which is good. Uh, but right now, you see we have one row of lights, and the most, probably the most important thing in broadcasting is your lighting. So each one of these strands of lights is about $450. There's one, two, three, four. So do the math. That's a little under $2,000, right, just for these little strand of lights. But they're not sufficient. I've got to stand in a certain place. If I go here on camera, I get dark. Uh, brother, and by the way, last week, I want to thank Rob and Abby and Melissa and everyone who helped. It was a beautiful, beautiful worship time and service. Thank you so much. But I thought of it. I mean, they, the worship was so beautiful. 
And Rob, when nobody was standing back here, I couldn't see his face. You know, was, he was like the shadow worship leader, you know. Um, but that's because the lighting is insufficient. So we need to get about at least maybe 12 more of these things and have them going all the way around. You really, to do it right, you need up lighting, you need side lighting, you need back lighting, you need up lighting from above. We're not going to be able to do all of that. That would probably be about $50,000 just in that, but we're not going to do that yet. Uh, but we are going to improve our lighting. So uh, with all the numbers I've crunched, and I, I'm waiting back, waiting for some quotes, but it looks like, uh, when I got exact figures, I hope I'll have them for you next week, but maybe for about five to 6,000, we can improve our lighting to get it really fresh for camera. And then the cameras that we're looking at, that we want to get three cameras, one for house right, one for house left, and one for center. They're PTZ cameras, point, tilt, zoom. Each one's about 2250. 2250 for each camera. We want to get three of those. That doesn't include the mounts, the stands, the cabling, the network switcher, the uh, video controller, the PTZ controller, and all the other stuff that goes with that. But the camera and video equipment alone is probably going to be about 10000 so we're, I'll have some exact figures for you as soon as I finalize all these quotes this upcoming week. But what that will enable us to do, currently we're on YouTube and Facebook, and we utilize social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we just released our video Bible studies four weeks ago. Part four came out this week. And that uh, can be seen directly on both websites, josephbosco.us, highwaychurch.us, on the media page. You can watch their 25-minute Bible studies. And the first one released is on the goodness of God. It's called Too Good to Not Be True. Uh, and we'll keep releasing those by topic. We've got our, our get-together Bible studies, and Melissa is doing an awesome job on Wednesday nights. We're in Andrew Womack's book, um, You've Already Got It. And I hope you've already got this book because it's, it's a life changer. But it's about learning what Christ already did for you. Far too many believers praying for things that have already been given to them. They simply don't know how to receive what's already theirs. And that's what this book is about. It'll change your life. So those are the things that we're currently doing. But I just this week, so we need a, we need a subscription to a live stream service. The one we had was the Bare Bones the one we needed is about $1,000. Well, they dropped the price significantly. I was able to get it for about six seventy-five this week, which is going to enable us to broadcast on every platform simultaneously and also directly through our website and also add our own uh, text and verses and words and everything to the live stream as well. So we're doing all these things because of the Father's program. We want to publish the gospel in every manner. We, I want to publish it in every way, in person, live, uh, on the internet, through paper, any way that we can, all right? So that will be the fourth Sunday, October 24th. So pray about. And you know we've done these special offerings before. There's no pressure. We, I say, Lord, what do you want to do? Then he leads me as far what kind of equipment we need. We get the amount and we believe God for it. There's no pressure. So we're just, we're going to believe God to meet that need, right? Whether it's 15000 or whatever it is, he's going to meet it. And he's been faithful to do it, hasn't he? But that's what we're doing, all right? And uh, we're publishing the good news. Uh, hallelujah. Now, the meaning of the word church. Let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Church is an English word. But we know, that's another thing my friend was trying to tell me on vacation, that how important the King James is, right? The, <laughs> but Jesus didn't speak King James. Many people don't realize that. King James wasn't even on the planet when Jesus was there. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So if someone says, what should I, what, how should I read the Bible? I say, in the Holy Spirit. Yes, read it in the Holy Spirit. He'll teach it to you. You don't need to know any Greek or Hebrew. He'll show you everything you need to know. But the word in the Greek was ekklesia that we translate church. And it's a very fascinating word. It's a word that was used in Greek culture. Okay? And it, it consists of, of this uh, primary preposition, which is ek, the first part of it, and then klesia. But it denotes origin. 
It's the point from which action proceeds from. It's the point from which motion begins, the church. And the way that this this word was used, this is very powerful. It was used by the Greeks um, as a calling out of their citizens from their homes to a public gathering to discuss the affairs of state. That's what this Greek word meant. It was a a word used to, a calling out of the citizens of that country or that area. They were called out of their homes to a public gathering to discuss the affairs of state. That's what we do every week. Ecclesia. We're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's book that up there. Acts 26, 18. Acts 26, 18. Ecclesia means to come out of a place, to come out for a cause. It means to be so named. To, it's a calling out of. What has God called us out of? Well, he's called us out of darkness, right? Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. We're called out of darkness into light. We're called out from the power of Satan under the power of God. The message translation says it this way, to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light. When you're not in Christ, you can't really see the difference. You can kind of sense some things, but sometimes things that are dark look like light to you and things that are light look like they're dark to you because you're, you're blinded. What's good looks bad. What's bad looks good because you're blinded. So they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. So they can see the difference between Satan and God. You'd think that'd be obvious, wouldn't it? Well, it's not obvious. Why? Because Satan comes as an angel of light. With, with propositions for you that sound good. And if you don't know Christ, you could get suckered into something. And that's how every cult began. So they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light and see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven. And a place in the family. We're publishing God's offer of sins forgiven. We're we're publishing an invitation to every human being around the world to become a part of God's family. There's a place for everyone in God's family. A place in the family inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in Him. (laughs) Of those who begin real living by believing in me. So this word, ecclesia, we call the church, it is those who have been called out. It's, the, it's those who God begins moving through. The church is God's program. We are his called out ones. He called us out of darkness into light to begin moving in us and through us to change the world around us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know what you're a part of, to see yourself as he sees you. He loves you just because he loves you, but he's also given you a divine calling. And everyone has one. Hallelujah. A body of people called out of their homes to a public gathering to discuss the affairs of state. And and we see that in Acts chapter 7. Excuse me. That's not the chapter. It's Acts chapter 19, I believe. Acts chapter 19, when some of the apostles are being on trial, uh, it's somewhere around verse 39, but the Greek official talks about this not being a lawful assembly. You know that part of the scripture in Acts 19? He says, we're in danger of, of making this an unlawful assembly. Well, that was their ecclesia. That was their protocol. A lawful assembly. Ecclesia is also a lawful assembly. There's no chaos 
in the church, in the ecclesia, right? But I did want to go to Acts 7. Before we go there, let's read Hebrews 10. Oh my goodness. I want to get this in. Hebrews 10, then we'll go to Acts 7, then we're done. Hebrews 10. It's this public gathering. It's a lawful assembly summoned for a definite purpose. You have been summoned to highway for a definite purpose. And I say that to everyone here in the warehouse and to those who should be here in the warehouse, to those who've been called to come to this warehouse and meet with us, and I say it to those who have connected with us online in different parts of this region and different parts of the nation in the world. You've been summoned a highway for a divine purpose. All right? But, but you, we realize that it takes effort to come here, right? You have to shower. Or it's preferable. You don't have to. We would like it if you showered, but it is not required. Yeah. The only requirement is believing, right? Uh, we don't want to add anything to that. We don't want to weigh you down, so let's just forget showering. No. no. <laughs> but it does take effort. You have to put it on your calendar. You have to structure your week. You have to make it a priority to publicly gather for his purpose, Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's an adjustment. And hey, boy, is it worth it. Hebrews 10, 23, speaking of the ecclesia, the, the people called out and summoned publicly for God's purposes. In verse 23 of Hebrews 10, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And what is the result of that? How do we foster that? Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So by choosing to, to structure my week and make being here a priority... What am I doing? I'm holding fast to the profession of my faith. My presence physically in a public worship gathering is the result of my profession of faith. So is my absence of my lack of faith. See, not being here reveals an absence of faith. Now, I know we all have different schedules, and you can't be here all the time. But choosing to not come to this public gathering reveals there's some confusion there. Just being real with you. It reveals a lack of understanding about the ecclesia, about God's purpose. Right? So we choose to be here not because everyone's so wonderful, but because we have a divine purpose. So as we assemble together, it's, a, it's an outward display of our profession of faith, and it gives us opportunity to provoke one another to love and good works, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's so many times I was so thankful that I got to see a particular person on a Sunday morning because the encouraging word they gave me was just the word I needed to get up and go through the week. This is a great opportunity. The message translation says it this way, verse 25, not avoiding worshiping together as some do. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. What's the big day? The return of Christ, right? The Passion Translation says, this is not the time. Let me say that again. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This is what the Holy Spirit has been saying to me. And I'll just be real with you, as real as I can. It has been challenging over the last year plus because of the overreaching public policies and the fear that has been pumped through the media 
I have seen many fall by the wayside because they've been listening to the wrong voices. They were moving along. They were moving forward. They were growing in Christ. And then fear, they gave way to the wrong voices. And within months, many fell away. Within just months. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This is not the time to pull away and neglect me. So God, you know, started speaking to me a few years ago about expanding. And I'm, I'm human like you. There's a part of me that understands what, what's involved in doing that and how de demanding that will be for me and what that will take personally. And so there's a part of me, not, not a good part, but one, didn't want to do it. It's just flesh. It's just, your, it's just the flesh nature that doesn't want to do what God says. Because His commandments are not burdensome. They'll lift you up and propel you. So I know that. But just being real with you. So he started speaking about all these things. And it, the, the human side of me saying, Lord, people aren't even, they're all hiding in their homes. What am I, what you, you want me to do all these things? That's just, I didn't, you know, that's just had thoughts I had. And I was tempted to just say, nah, let's just wait till this thing's all done. This is not the time to wait. Now is the time to expand. Now is the time to move forward. Now is the time to assemble. Now is the time to experience the fullness of your salvation. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Do you know we haven't skipped a beat this last year, year and 18 months, however long it's been? And we've been here, and if, if it was stay-at-home orders, we were here. Broadcasting the service. Every Sunday. We didn't miss once. i got to say thank you, Father, for that. You don't know that only God could have brought that out. You don't know the challenges we faced just getting into this building, getting everyone we need to broadcast those services and do it every single week without missing. I'm giving God glory is what I'm doing. Hallelujah! 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 It is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Hallelujah. When you're trying to get strong, the last thing you want to do is stop eating. The last thing you want to do is, is not eat anymore. In fact, you want to be very specific about what you eat and make sure you're eating the good stuff regularly. Now's not the time to pull away from the meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. The voices we listen to develop the habits we have. If you don't like your habits, change the voices you're listening to. When you listen to good voices, you develop good habits. Man, I love that. That was fresh from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Uh-oh. <laughs> Woo! Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Woo! Father, we're just celebrating you this morning. Lord, your word is not burdensome. Your commands are not burdensome. They produce life. And we thank you for an unhindered life flowing inside of us. That your spirit is in us giving life to our mortal bodies. Filling us with resurrection life. And we thank you, Father, for strengthening us and moving us forward into all that you have in your heart to do we are a people who will do what you ask of us and what you have destined for us to do we are a people that you move through where your action begins and we thank you Father 
for calling us to be a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.